1: Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/specialoffer. All lowercase. That's Shopify.com/specialoffer.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg.
1: Uh, You know my producer is an Ole Miss alum when he hands me a topic sheet this morning and he says, which first-year head coaches will have the most success? And he leaves off Zach Arnett. He has Hugh Freeze, Deion Sanders, and Matt Rule. And uh, 98.475% of my audience doesn't know who Matt Rule is. Now, I know who Matt Rule is, but uh, um, maybe because... um, you know, I was texting with Joe Judge the night that Matt Rule took the uh, Carolina Panthers job, and that threw everything out of whack for the Mississippi State job, which then had Joe Judge go to Mississippi State alum to the New York Giants. But anyway, uh, just so you'll know, going forward, Jason, um, nobody cares about uh, Matt Rule. Now, the other two's legit. Okay. Hugh Freeze, obviously a tie here. He's from here, went to Southern Miss, coasted Old Miss, you know, all that. And uh, Dion, Coach Prime's going to get beat by a million this week by TCU. And I don't even know. Oh, Nebraska plays Minnesota Thursday night. Yeah. Our next guest knows that. All right. The SEC Insider Hit this morning is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. The official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show. We welcome in uh, National College Football Analyst with ESPN, also recruiting, Tom Luganville on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Luz, good morning. How are you?
0: I'm doing I'm doing good and just hearing your in-bump there. So who made – a? Uh, what was the list exactly of, of most successful first-year head coaches?
1: So he said which first-year head coach will have the most success, and he put Hugh okay. Freeze, Deion Sanders, and Matt Rule on the list and left off an in-state coach who happens to be a first-year head coach by the name of Zach Arnett.
0: Yeah, wow. How about Luke Fickle at Wisconsin?
1: That's another one.
0: He inherits 18 returning starters. He's got a quarterback in Tanner Mordecai. Um,
1: He's got Phil Longo, man. who's a heck of an OC.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, And I'm trying to figure out, like, where, where is Colorado going to come up with the wins?
1: Oh, they're not. I see,
0: two potent- I see two potential wins on their schedule. Maybe Stanford and maybe Colorado State.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think TCU, yeah. you know, Sonny Dykes and Kendall Browse and that crew, it it's going to get ugly this weekend tom it may
0: we'll see and we'll find out you know with you know a lot of the talk of of you know the off season and the transfer portal and and the guys that were you know brought into the program versus the guys that exited the program you know how 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 improved will they be i mean did did they improve in some areas yeah of course they did but at the same time you could make an argument that Colorado last year was the worst-performing team in college football, maybe in all three phases, right? So you go from bad and terrible, and your upgrade is to what? Average or above average? Is that good enough? That's the question I think you have to ask, at least in this first cycle. Because oh. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it can't be done, but, but I think it's going to take two to three portal cycles and recruiting cycles for him to start to get that roster where it's going to actually need to be.
1: Yeah, and and Lugz, the the idea of sixty plus new players. That's not a recipe for success. I I don't care if it's Bear Bryant or Coach Prime. Um, it, it's just that that's not going to work. And uh, so I expect him to go two and ten or three and nine, like you're talking about. And we'll see if uh, if Dion can hang in there, uh, because I think it could be much the same the next year. And by then he may be totally losing his mind um all right florida utah so uh, napier was up and down in year one whittingham has been there since urban meyer left to go to florida and right. he's been amazing and he's that rock solid they always win they know who they are and they actually play football like a little bit of us and a little bit of the big 10 um i mean they're rough and rugged as yeah. as one guy on this show said uh Kyle Whittingham will come into your stadium, drink all your beers, and kick your ass. So Florida at Utah, um, who do you like and why, Tom Luganville?
0: Well, Rice-Eccles Stadium is a very difficult place to play, particularly at night. I think that place will be rocking. Um, the simple answer to that question is how healthy is Cam Rising? Because I do think that's important. I do, I do believe that plays a significant factor. Um, And you are 100% right about how Utah is built. They are a physical, tough, built-from-the-inside-out football team that has depth um, and virtually everybody back that they need on on defense. And so um, I think there still are going to be spots where the Florida roster maybe has better pure athletes but doesn't have the better team isn't the better team unit yet. You know, it, you just referenced something I think is really important is, you know, Kyle Whittingham's been doing this for a long, long time, and there's only one way at that place, and everybody that knows is is all in on it. For, for Florida, they're still trying to lay that foundation, right? They're start, still trying to build that. And I think there's, there's advantages for Utah when it, when it comes to that. And You know, what are we going to see out of the quarterback position at Florida? You know, is is, is Graham Mertz good enough? If he struggles, do they go to Jack Miller? Um, Are they an upgrade from what they were last year with Anthony Richardson? I mean, I I think that's somewhat of a fair question when you consider what his completion percentage was. He was dinged up and injured. Like, what if instead of having a 53% passer, what if they have a 63% passer? And what does that mean to the overall efficiency of the offense? So I think there's some fascinating things there offensively for Florida to look out for too.
1: Yeah, uh, and then there's some there's some talk that Utah, uh, what they're going to do at quarterback as far as injuries. Um, you mentioned Graham Mertz. What do you what can you tell our listeners? Because um, they'll be locked in Thursday night. I mean that's that's a pat. Well, we got two Power Five games, but that will trump uh, Minnesota and Nebraska. Uh, no offense yeah. to Jason, who dropped Matt Roll in my topic sheet this morning, but um, we we focus on the SEC and the in the Florida Gators and and Utah. Uh, what can you tell us about Graham Mertz?
0: To this point, he has woefully underperformed what his anticipated hype and production was thought to be. You know, that was the highest rated quarterback that Wisconsin had ever signed uh, coming out of high school. And when I say that, everybody recruited him, Bo. I mean, he was a hot, hot commodity. And then for whatever reason, um, he, he just hasn't been able to sustain any consistency. And, and, you know, listen, do you have great skill around you at Wisconsin? Probably not. Obviously, we know what the run game is all about there. And Braylon Allen has been just an absolute freight train for them at tailback. But I I think you could make an argument that he'll maybe have better athletes around him at the skill spots at Florida, which is a good thing. Um, And maybe that helps him perform a little bit better. Um, He's got talent. He's a gifted player. But for whatever reason, that talent hasn't necessarily paralleled, you know, consistent performance game in and game out. And and I think that's what people have been frustrated with him, especially if you were a, a Wisconsin fan.
1: Okay. Let's move to Lane Kiffin and the quarterback position that we have discussed with you, but we're now down to um, you know, the first game of the season, and I understand it doesn't matter that, that I could play this weekend and they'd beat Mercer, but you know all about these two guys, Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. From being head of recruiting at ESPN, you called Oklahoma State games. Spencer Sanders did not go to Ole Miss to sit um, there's all this talk darts better. Obviously, I think we expect most players to get a little bit better uh, incrementally every yeah. year. Uh, but I get the sense that you still believe Spencer Sanders when, e- when everything is on the table, that Spencer Sanders, maybe not by miles, but is a better quarterback. So I'm not worried about Mercer, but as this thing plays out, and we get into the meat of the schedule. If you had to call it, do you believe it will be a, it will eventually be Spencer Sanders' job.
0: If Jackson Dart does not improve his decision making when it comes to taking care of the football, uh, you know Lane Kiffin's not worried about coaching Jackson Dart's talent. Jackson Dart has a ton of talent. Jackson Dart it can make all the throws. He can do everything you want the guy a guy to do. He's got some savvy about his personality, but he has a penchant for taking risks with the football. And Lane's not going to have it. And I remember it happened uh, last year in the first half against Georgia Tech on the road in Atlanta, and Lane was furious with him because of really two really poor decisions that he had made in the first half, and they were completely unnecessary decisions, and I can see why he was was upset. So the thing with Spencer Sanders, it's it's the good and the bad. The guy has played a ton of football. I mean, he's thrown for 10,000 yards. Right? Ten
1: thousand so, yards at Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah,
0: and he can run, and he's he's a, a dynamic player. He's just about you know he's kind of just about seeing everything you could throw at him. The downside is, is he's hurt a lot, and he played all through last year. Very injured, had to miss I think a couple of games, but he just he wasn't the same guy. I'll give him tough he is tough. He battles, he fights. I know there were a couple of weeks because I had I had the. Texas Oklahoma State game in Stillwater and he had played in the previous two weeks but did not practice a day did not practice but played in the game wow so he's he's got some toughness and and I love that about him so I think if he's healthy and Jackson Dark isn't careful with the football then yeah Lane Kiffin's gonna play him I I, I don't think you're you're left with any other choice and hopefully from a mature perspective a maturity perspective that is really something that Jackson Dark takes ownership of, the the decision making, the when to live a play, live to play another down, and and just don't create negative plays with the offense with your
1: decisions. Uh, do you think there's another step for Will Rogers? Kevin Barbe is going to run it a little bit more. Uh, I do yep. actually believe that they've got better personnel than they've had around Will since he's been there. He was thrown to the wolves, and then a bunch of true freshmen had to play around him when. Collin Hill threw his fit, and it just wasn't a good transit. Moorhead missed on a lot of kids. Um, good guy, but he just he missed bad um, on a lot of kids. So having said all that, I think that they've somewhat um, – reloaded It's not the word that I'm looking for, but they've got better personnel around Will. So having said all that, and look, the air raid and leech and all that was – were great to Will Rogers and vice versa, mm-hmm. but do you believe that there's an that he can take another step forward this year?
0: Yeah, and I think he's going to have to be because I think there will be more asked of him within the scheme. Um, you know, I, there was all this talk right about Sam Hartman at Notre Dame, and what would Sam Hartman be um, when he wasn't in the the, the slow mesh? a heavy RPO-based scheme that he was in for, you know, six years or five years at Wake Forest. Well, at the end of the day, Sam Hartman has started 45 games in college football, right? Will Rogers has started a ton of games in college football. I think that he will adapt fine. Um, I I do think maybe some of the progression read stuff that he'll be asked to do will be a little bit different. Um, You know, so much of the original air air raid. If it, it wasn't attacking coverage, it was attacking areas of the field. And um, so I, I, I think I wouldn't have too many concerns just cause he's played a lot, but he's probably going to be asked to do, he may be asked to do a lot more at the line of scrimmage, both pre and post snap. Right. Um, he may be asked to do full field progression reads down to the check down. Like there, there just may be more on his plate, but it's one thing to say you're going to do that to a freshman and now expect him to make consistent good decisions. But when you're talking about a guy that's played as much ball as, as Will has, I think you feel pretty confident about it.
1: No, that's a good point. He started over 30 games, and um, that's a big deal, no doubt, and, um, and in any sport but in college football. Uh, we're visiting with Tom Luganville. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Are you allowed to say what game you have this week? Yeah, I've
0: got uh, – Clemson and Duke on uh, Labor
1: Day night. Oh, I, I want to jump into this real quick. What are your expectations for Garrett Riley, who was the offensive coordinator at TCU? Um, Dabo made a quick switch after a very, very disappointing year for Clemson. And this guy is very talented, just like his brother Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal. Uh, what are your expectations and what are you looking for from the Clemson offense with Garrett Riley?
0: Well, the expectations are extremely high because, you know, when he arrived at SNU as a younger coach, then later at TCU, and they start to kind of build the thing up, and they've inherited, uh, you know, pretty good players. At Clemson, you can make an argument that he's, he's inherited some elite players. They're intact in their offensive line for the most part. The running back is a potential All-American candidate, Will Shipley. Antonio Williams is, is a go-to target and a vertical threat. Um, They've also got a second uh, running back uh, in Phil Moffa, And I think what you'll see is you're going to see a little bit of what Lincoln Riley did at Oklahoma in his early years there in the two-back offense. And a lot of counter inside and outside zone. And then a pace of play that's faster than what we've seen from Clemson. And getting back to vertical explosive plays. That was the one thing that was really lacking the last two years at Clemson, is DJ was not capable of doing it. I think as a play caller, Brandon Streeter got a little bit gun shy because he didn't feel confident that they were high percentage throws. Whereas, you know, the previous, what, six years or three years with Deshaun and three years with Trevor, you know, those things came at a pretty easy clip. So yeah. I do think you'll, you'll see a, a, a faster paced offense, a little bit of a different style in the run game. And then, you know, you need Cade Klubnick to consistently be what he showed flashes of as a true freshman a year ago. Tom he was very, very good. At other times, you know what? He looked like a true freshman is just about all true freshmen do. So, um, they, they will have personnel that will be very difficult to contend with,
1: Oh, uh, are they, are they still your favorite is Clemson still your favorite in the ACC, Tom, or is it Florida state? Uh,
0: it- Clemson until proven otherwise you know we we acted this last two years, like the sky was falling in Clemson. They won twenty one games
1: it's a good point. people
0: were treating them like they're seven and five <laughs> right and so and that was with mediocre quarterback play, and at times, very average, especially two years ago, offensive line play, the defense is so good and so loaded that um and I also and, and you know this too about Davo, you know he loves to play the little old Clemson card, sure, right. And, you know, the last several years, they've gotten away from that because they've become so dominant that they're not little old Clemson anymore. And I think there's a part of him that kind of likes the fact that everybody's talking about Florida State. Everybody's talking about North Carolina. You know, everybody's talking about LSU and and, and Georgia and and Alabama. And he's like, fine, we'll just go on our merry way right over here and, and, and go about our business. But
1: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile
0: banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the last two years, even though there was a perception out there that, that they were a bad team, they weren't.
1: No, I like where you're going there. Um, Clemson is the pick until Florida State proves us otherwise even though they're trending in the right direction which takes us to the game of the week he is Tom Lugenbill with ESPN he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line uh, Lukes will be calling the Clemson Duke game on Monday Labor Day um, which is great we get LSU and um, and Florida State on Sunday so here we go last year was a crazy game Um, everybody went nuts FSU won, and then LSU came back and had a really, really strong year, including the great win over, over Bama. They actually have an adult as their head coach now. And Brian Kelly, um, this is a neutral site game. I don't think that, uh, phases, I don't think that impacts the game whatsoever. Um, because LSU will be just fine in Orlando. Having said all that, as you handicap it, what are you looking for in this game between the Tigers and Seminoles?
0: I think the one major, major glaring difference in this game versus last year's game is is LSU is a completely different football team on offense. I don't think they knew what they had in true freshman tight end Mason Taylor. They started two true freshmen, two, at each of the offensive tackle spots. They had not figured out quite how to utilize Jaden Daniels Right, so he's a little bit new. It's an entirely new scheme, and all of a sudden now, you look at how LSU ended the season. You look at what that offense became down the stretch. You watch how that game was played out uh, when they beat Alabama at home. They're just—they're an entirely different football team from an identity standpoint. They know who they are, and I don't think they'll make the kicking game snafus that they made last year that plagued them. And that was really the, the other part of it that was sure. was was a big deal. So listen, all the pressure, in my opinion, is on Florida State. Everybody's in love with Florida State. They're the LSU can just go out and play, right? But Florida State, and, and I think Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, he said it best and he's right. And he put it on he put it on his, his his programs. Uh whether it's North Carolina playing South Carolina, whether it is Miami playing A and F whether it's Florida State playing LSU, you want to change the narrative and the perception of the conference, you have to win those out-of-conference really highly anticipated matchups. Yeah. And he told all of them, and he's right. And so I, I think that the onus is on Florida State here to live up to the hype, to be able to manage the expectation, and, and to play as good as everybody's expecting them to. And listen, I think they're going to be a good football team. I really do. I, I, uh, we're going to find out about their maturity level. We're going to find out about whether they can handle being patted on the back for an entire offseason and come out and play like that. Um, and this, that's why I think this game's just a little bit different. I don't think it will be as sloppy. Last year's game was pretty sloppy.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to work out for Florida State. In fact, I think they could lose two of their first four games. To LSU and Clemson, and still be a good football team, but sure, people sure, will stop. Absolutely. You, you and people will stop talking about them, and then they may rip off, you know, a yeah. bunch of wins. Exactly, That's
0: exactly <laughs> what they would do. I think
1: that could happen because Clemson. I just think Clemson and and uh, LSU are in a better spot, but but FSU is definitely trending the right way. All right, real quick, uh, in your backyard. North Carolina and South Carolina. North Carolina's favored after losing Phil Longo, and that really surprises me. I think this is going to be an implosion year for for Mac Brown, but I know everybody likes him. seems like a good dude. Are you surprised North Carolina's favored, Luke?
0: No, no. The quarterback is such a difference maker, and they've got eight other starters back from last year's team. Um, I think they'll be improved on defense. What does that mean, improvement? Because you went from really god-awful to – does that does that mean you're going to be mediocre? Does that mean you're going to be competent? Does that mean you're going to be above average?
1: What happened? Did Gene Chiswick forget side. how to coach?
0: No, I just don't think they have great players on that side of the ball, and they're trying to recruit to it. And um, and and obviously they're they're ahead of that curve on the offensive side, and haven't caught up on the defensive side. They were a really poor tackling team a year ago, and um, especially early on in the season, They got a little bit better late. But I think the reason why North Carolina's favorite is because because of Drake May. And I, I'm not so sure that Vegas Vegas might be a little nervous about which Spencer Rattler do we see. Do we see the Spencer Rattler of the first eight or nine weeks last year? Or do we see him versus Tennessee? Do do we see him like he looked versus Clemson? Because when when they relieved Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator of his duties, he's now in Nebraska, that's when everything changed for Spencer Rattler. Can they carry that over? And can Spencer Rattler hit the ground running? Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I, th- I think it's going to be a heck of a football game, really evenly matched football game.
1: All right, but Mississippi State fans will be locked into that because they play at South Carolina. It's a winnable road game, even though I think South Carolina is a slight favorite, but they will be playing South Carolina um, in four weeks, I think. Yeah, three home games, and then South Carolina. South Carolina gets Georgia before that game, and Mississippi State gets LSU. The fun of the SEC. Tom Lugan, Bill, um, dude, have fun. Uh, Clemson, Duke, have a great weekend, and we'll talk next week.
0: Sounds good, man. Take care.
1: So he'll be calling Clemson, Duke. And Garrett Riley is now the offensive coordinator, Jason, for the Clemson Tigers. He was the offensive coordinator for TCU. His older brother is Lincoln Riley, the head football coach for Southern Cal. Our show is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. The official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show, Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Mississippi. It is good to be blue. Good morning. Welcome in. Mike Dettelier at 830 on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to...
0: Has anyone seen the bride and groom?